Hello, hello, I'm Lindsay Luttrell and this is Table 5. I'm going wine today, just going to start this off talking about a wine shop. I know I usually give a restaurant shout out, but I frequent the wine shop almost as much, <laughs> if not more. So I figured, why not, right? There are a couple wine shops in LA that I love, but today I am shouting out a true favorite, Vin on Rose. It is in the Venice neighborhood of Los Angeles, and I just love it. It's such a special little spot. I mean, it has absolutely nothing to do, <laughs> nothing, zero zilch to do with the two adorable corgis that hang out at the shop. <laughs> I swear, really, I just love it there. <laughs> um, no, they are oh so cute. Um, Vin on Rose is so much more than a wine shop. It's kind of like your neighborhood one-stop shop for all things entertaining, really. I'll start with the reason I go back and have become a member of the wine club, and it's not totally all about the wine. I mean, it's definitely about the wine because obviously, but it's truly because of the people of Vin on Rose. You know, I feel like a lot of times you can go to a wine shop and you're kind of greeted with that somewhat snobby, maybe a little stuffy, know-it-all vibe, and you instantly feel like you're the dumbest person on the planet for not knowing everything there is to know about wine. And that is just not how Vin on Rose plays it. I'll just tell you that. They are so welcoming extremely friendly and just incredibly laid back. You know, it's like every time I walk in there, I'm like, what do I have to do to like buy this bottle, sit here for the next hour and just like kick back and hang with y'all. <laughs> they're so, they're just like, you can just tell they have a good time and they like each other and they like working there and it's fun. So I feel like, you know, vibe is half the battle most of the time. Um, and you know, I go in there with like a hundred questions. I'm like, Hey guys, how's it going? Good to see you again. Um, so what's the latest in like earthy, funky barnyard? <laughs> um, and no one has ever made me feel like, you know, the ridiculous human that I probably sound like. So in fact, I kind of feel like they mostly just get excited to find that perfect bottle that, you know, you, me, whoever is looking for at the moment. And that is what I love about the staff there. They are so knowledgeable and they really want to help you find what you like. I love when I walk in there now and they're like, oh my gosh, we just got this in and you're going to love it. Like they really build a community with their customers and they know so much about wine and without all of the pretension that could potentially come along with that. So next is obviously the wine. I mean, they have beer and ciders, but... I obviously go for their incredible selection of natural wine. They have some really special bottles. Like we discovered after a trip to Italy that we were told, you know, we would never find this wine outside of Italy. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to be dreaming about it forever until we can come back. And we walk into Vin on Rose and they have this bottle. So they, they, you know, they have a really cool, curated, amazing selection of wine, but they also have very affordable and reasonably priced bottles, which is why I joined the wine club as well. Because once a month, I, you know, I'm automatically charged a fee and then I get to go into Vin on Rose. I hear from a member of their knowledgeable team about the featured bottles that month and I get to pick two. And so it's a really great way to broaden your scope of wine and kind of understand more of where the wines are coming from. So I love that part. And lastly, they have curated the perfect little shop. 
My mom calls it a um, like a happy when you want to bring someone a hostess gift or a little thinking about you something. She'll be like, you know, just a little happy. Shout out, Suze. <laughs> and they have the cutest shop for that. They offer tons of like specialty market items like tinned fish and all the makings of a good cheese and charcuterie board. They also have candles and like really nice chocolates and flowers. And honestly, the list goes on. It's a great little one-stop shop, like I said. Plus they have this really rad vintage shop in the back where you can get like, you know, vintage t-shirts and sweatshirts and like old records and like little tchotchkes. It's pretty cool. So if you're local, definitely check that out. And obviously not all of you have a Vin on Rose as it is a local Venice spot, but you most likely have a wine shop in your town. And I would say find a place you like, get to know the staff, be loyal to that shop, join the wine club if they offer one and you are able to do so because it is just a, you know, a cool experience. It's a way to like figure out more about wine and maybe they'll be able to order something based on your preferences that they don't currently have in the shop. And you will undoubtedly learn from the staff and hopefully, you know, learn something new that you may like and find things that you can enjoy. So cheers to y'all finding your favorite wine shop and cheers to Vin on Rose. On to my next guest. You may know him from multiple TV appearances on Guy's Grocery Games, Tournament of Champions, shows like The Today Show and Rachel Ray, he has most recently been seen hosting his own show, Super Chef Grudge Match. He's a husband, father, chef, and restaurateur. In this episode, we talk about how he spent his younger years in and out of jail, how he found his faith, how he turned a pop-up into multiple restaurants, and how he got his foot in the door with Food Network. He's had such an interesting life, and I loved this chat with him. So please enjoy my conversation with Super Chef Darnell Ferguson. Wait, so where are you living? Are you in Alabama, or are you in Kentucky? No, I'm in Kentucky. Okay. I'm in Kentucky. Yeah, in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. The home of Muhammad Ali, you know? Oh, look at that. Two superstars. Yep, two superstars sharing one city, you know? It's only big <laughs> enough for the both of us. And Jack Harlow also. He can fit in. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah, because Jack Harlow's from here as well. Okay, well, I feel like your story is so fascinating that I almost, like, most people I could just jump in and whatever, but I feel like I have to start at the beginning with you, Darnell. <laughs> like, okay. I feel like it's so fascinating. Well, first, tell me, where are you living now? So you're in Louisville. Is that where you're from originally? No, I'm living in Louisville. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, but I've been in Louisville since college. So I feel like I'm from here. Most people don't know I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And most people definitely don't know that I was born in Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, yeah. I was in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Chilling, chilling out, out maxing, relaxing on, cooling on, shooting some b-ball outside the school. A couple of guys. Oh my gosh. I don't know anyone like our age who doesn't know the entire opening of that show. It's epic. Epic times in life. Um, yeah, so, I yeah. didn't know that you were born in Philadelphia and I didn't know you were from awesome. Ohio. Our family's from Philadelphia though. Like we moved to Ohio, moved back to Philly, didn't finish staying in Ohio. Then a lot of my family moved from Philly to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. 
So um, my whole family's from Philly or Jersey. And then, um, yeah, came down here for college for a little while. Hated it while I was in college. Hated it, hated it, hated it. Um, but I went to culinary art school, so, like, I went to school like a bunch of squares. So I never had been off of one street my whole time in college. So I had never really experienced the city. So oh, I just yeah. hated it. Then once I graduated, it was like, oh, this is a cool place. I never want to leave. Yeah, totally. In college, not a fan of Kentucky because you were just kind of like doing the college thing. But now you love it. Love it to death. Don't plan on leaving here anytime soon. Well, that's cool. Yeah, hope to get rich enough to have another house somewhere. But uh, <laughs> don't want to leave this one. <laughs> so do you still have family in Philadelphia and Ohio? Yeah, we, got, we got family in Philadelphia, Ohio. Yep. Heavy Philadelphia, a lot of people in Ohio too. So, still Where's, home. Do you have siblings and are your parents still around? Like, what's I have one sister who's in Arizona who I'm close with? She just had her first son. So, I got a nephew finally. And, you know, that helps because I got eight kids. So, to have a nephew finally is like, I've been taking over Christmas for a long time now. You know, so yeah, her, there's nothing. Oh, they have one more they can add to their. <laughs> now she has somebody that can get spoiled. Um, so yeah, so uh, yep, I got one sister, and then me and my mom. She they live in Columbus, but they come to Louisville pretty often now. Oh yeah, I forgot. I met your mom on Super Chef Grudge Match. Yeah, and she competed on Guys Grocery Games. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Season. Yeah, she competed. That's so as a, fun. We won. We took down the other mothers and chefs. <laughs> and she thought she was a celebrity ever since. Oh my gosh. I'm like, one guy's grocery games is making everybody a celebrity. I've been in one for a long time. <laughs> she's like, oh, I can't go anywhere. I'm just constantly being recognized. <laughs> yeah, she's like, at my job. Oh my gosh. She's like, do you know what it's like to be at my job with me? I'm like, I can't imagine much. But <laughs> I love that. Does she go by like super mom? Like what's her what's her super no. name? <laughs> Oh, she's her own person, her own thing. Gidget. She's her oh own thing. Oh my gosh. I love that. What was like younger life. Darnell like growing up in Ohio? Like, who were you? Were you like, if you had like stereotype yourself, were you a, were you always this like big buff tall dude? Like, what was your vibe? No, extremely skinny and small. I was tall and lanky. Um, I was, uh, I was like, I was like the middle of the pack, you know, not popular, not unpopular. There were times where I seemed more popular to myself than other times, uh, but I pretty much stayed in the middle of the pack. Um, I don't remember a lot about my childhood as far as how I was, um, and that was weird. I think because I've since I graduated, I've been so focused on who I was then that I haven't, you know, that didn't really count much. Yeah, like you've uh, been but, just trying to like get to like build the person and the life that you want that you're kind of like, who was I then? I don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, but I was, uh, I was like the middle of the pack. And then I got into cooking and that changed everything. Because uh, I was sports, not going D1. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, everybody, like my friends are really popular. So therefore, I kind of like was always around the really popular people. Yeah. And then I went to, a, but my 11th grade year, I will say this, I went to an unpopular school. So I seem more popular there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I first my night in tenth grade, I was like one of the most popular schools everybody wanted to go to. And I like, eh, right in the middle, lower half. And then I went to like a lame school. And I was like top tier, you know. Uh, but I never really took that on much because I'm like, ah, I know where I go to school at. The you know, odds I, are like in your favor. 
Yes, I like, it's like Hunger Games. You know, may the odds be in your favor. You know, because they were, I was packed when I went there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, were you, what What sports did you do? And you said that you weren't obviously going to go pro. Like what sports Football and basketball. Doing? Football and basketball. And basketball, I had no chance ever. Football, I had a chance. I just took a long time to get myself together, grade academically. Uh, so uh, that's why, like, and I did get to play. I didn't play to my senior year. If I would have played all four years, I probably would have had a full ride to Ohio State. So I was good. I just was late. Right. Um, but cooking really was what separated me from everybody. It was that one thing. Were you all, so you grew up cooking? Like you always liked it? No, heck no. Just so you understand, like when I got into culinary arts school my 11th grade year, I thought I was going to be the first black chef ever in history. Like my junior in high school. So I had never oh, seen wow. a chef, never heard of a chef outside of Emerald. Uh, I was no connection to culinary arts at all. Only had been to Red Lobster, really. You know, so Ponderosa Red Lobster was like the top tier. And at that point, Red Lobster was hot. I ain't gonna lie. They was hot at that point. You know, they was off the chains. Uh, but that was the only that I had ever experienced until I graduated college and went to college. Um, so I didn't um I I didn't didn't know I would gonna be great until I got to vocational school. So, so when you were school. in so when you were growing up, your mm -hmm. your mom was cooking what? you you were eating what for like lunch and dinner? Oh, like meatloaf, um, you know, pork chops, Salisbury steaks. She cooked a lot. Fried chickens, like baked chicken, pot roast. She cooked a lot, but I wasn't interested in her cooking. You know what I'm saying? Like I had never watched it because I was more worried about going outside at that point than she just made food and we came and ate food. Right. It wasn't like I cooked in the kitchen with her. Um, it wasn't until I seen Emerald that I even was interested. And by the time I seen Emerald, it was like 10th grade in high school. Um, and I was spelling out of high school too. So when I seen Emerald in the 11th grade in Columbus, you can go to vocational school. You can go to school for a trade. Oh, so cool. therefore I had realized that there was this culinary arts school. And I was like, you know what? Hold on. I thought this extremely loud motorcycle go past. Oh. Um, so um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to school for culinary arts because like, I like, I'm interested in Emerald. And I was like, the worst thing that can happen is that I have a bomb lunch every single day. I was like, there's, <laughs> there's not a chance of this going bad for me. Right. I've always been able to think about like good and bad of things. So I went to culinary arts school my junior year and I used to hide behind the ovens. Like no one knew what I went to school for until I was a senior and like, like a late senior. I didn't tell anybody. It was a secret. I didn't want nobody to know. I was embarrassed. Um, I hid it from everybody. Like literally, when they used to like walk past the kitchen, I used to like stay behind the oven so no one would see me. Uh, Why? Why do you think that is? Like, what made you feel like you needed to like keep no that one to yourself? Yeah. yeah, no one cooked where I was from, and they're like it was like a female thing. It wasn't like no one had ever seen it, so I feel like I was getting into something that was like not accepted where I was from. Right. So I still did it though. And I realized I was really good at it right from like day one. And I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm about to focus on cooking. Um, and I'm oh, glad they have cool. vocational school. Because if they didn't have vocational school, I don't know how you get interested in cooking. Right. You know, I don't know. Where did, what do you do? So, uh, yeah, that was it. My teacher was really good at encouraging me. I remember the first day she had us do knife skills. And she seen, first she gave me a knife. Who would have done that? No one. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> even when she asked, like, have you ever held a knife before? Because there were kids in there that had done it before. And I'm like, no. I was like, no one would ever give me a knife, especially an eight-inch chef knife. 
Right. Um, and she gave me the little board. Chefs know they give you this board that all the nice skills like uh, Brunois, Julianne, fine Julianne, large dice, small dice, all this stuff is on the board with the actual sizes. And she said, okay, I got a potato for you when I leave. Make these, stu- make these knife cuts for me. She didn't, I don't even remember her showing me how to do it. Uh, but she came back and they were all perfect. And she like, Darnell, so how long you been cooking for? Like, cutting, how long you been doing this for? I was like, I ain't never done this. She like, you do it like somebody who's been doing it for 30 years. And I was like, what? I was like, okay, I like that. I was like, from there, I ain't never looked back. Yeah, what did that feel like to be like, you're you're like almost embarrassed to be in there. No one else is doing that. But you're like, I'm going to go. I'm I'm inspired by Emerald. I'm failing out of school. I want to go do something. And then they tell you that you're automatically good at it. Was that like, obviously encouraging? It was what I had been looking for my whole life. Uh, Like I had at that point, I had never heard no one tell me that or even been excited about me like that. Oh, wow. So it was, um, it was like what I had been waiting for. It was like, it clicked. It was like, oh, if she was, let me tell you something. If she was teaching auto body mechanics and I signed up for that class and she would have told me that, I'll be pray, I'll be spray painting cars on some kind of show, uh, remodeling them. You know, like that's what I would be doing because <laughs> I'm just glad I was doing what I liked and not just with somebody like, you know, you should go to school for this because right. if they told me that and that, I would have stuck with it. But uh, she was really good at uh, encouraging me and I would just latched on to it. I was like, yeah. I've been looking for somebody to encourage me like her. Were there any other guys in your class? Yeah, there were other guys in my class, but they was they was already lame. And I guess I know them still. So they were already on the L. Uh, so it was like, I know them. Like literally, uh, the two guys I'm talking about, they know who they are. Uh, <laughs> they were already like, like, oh, they were not it. So it was easy for them to do it. Me, you know, I come from the school where I'm like Cagnus Everdeen now, you know? So I, I'm like, I got a little more gold. You're like, I have myself. a reputation to uphold. Yeah, so I have a reputation. They had nothing to uphold. Uh, so, but yeah, there was a lot of women in our class too. Um, and it was, um, it was good. She wanted me to do competition teams with her. It was like a whole thing. She said, I want you to do this, 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 and this. You're going to be amazing. You're going to be a star. And uh, I was like, okay, I like Star. <laughs> you know, Star sounds good. Like, and from there, it was, yeah, it was really history. And that's where I got recruited from culinary arts schools to go to college. Cool. It's like so a bidding you- war. Imagine an NBA, like, imagine a good college player being good at basketball and all the offers he gets. It was like the same way with culinary arts school. Oh, really? So because of your vocational, like high school, you were then, people were looking for you to try and get you to come to their, like, culinary program their actual culinary school yeah. all the colleges came all oh of them. that's CIA, so cool johnson wells even columbus state sullivan they all came they because they know this is where the kids who want to be chefs are at and um being trained up in it so they and i should have went to cia but uh that's where everybody went oh my gosh i would have missed so many chefs there yeah um, but i went to sullivan in louisville kentucky because it was closer i could drive home on the weekends and that oh. was enticing for me even though I wasn't trying to, I, I knew that I would want to. Right, right. So does that teacher, are you in touch with her now? Does she know that like she inspired oh, we you went so to much? A premiere, we had a premiere party for Grudge Match, like when they did the sneak peek. She came. So oh, yeah, we keep in contact. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love yes. that. She's there. I talked about her and things. I always talk about her. I can't yeah. not talk about her. What's her She's name? She's amazing. I'm Miss Clary. Oh, Miss Clary, and I was bad too. So it was like she had a lot to deal with. It wasn't the same guy now. Like I remember telling her, I was like, she's like, oh, it's time to do the dishes. I was like, what? 
I was like, I don't do dishes. I was like, that ain't happening. That's like a woman's job. And she was like, oh, wow. woman's job. She was like, okay, you're on dishes for the rest of the year. Do dishes for a whole year. I love Miss Clary. She's like, get your ass behind this dish pit. Really quickly, what not to say and what to say in this life, you know, because, you know, being young and stupid, you know, you say things like that. And sometimes I think I was saying it just for the reaction from the class. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, she's like, okay, you're on dishes from here on out. I'm like, oh my gosh. Let's not try to be the jokester all the time. Right. Well, it's so, so funny because I always think to myself, like, you know, I remember I was moving out to LA. My mom was like, had someone told me I could graduate college and move across the country to go pursue whatever it is I wanted to pursue. Like I would have thought they were lying. You know, that's crazy. And, you know, here I am like graduating college in the South and I'm like, I'm heading to LA just because I want to. And I thought that was normal. Where are you from? I'm from right below Alabama in Destin, Florida. Oh, you're from Destin? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You wanted to move to Destin. So Destin is the highly, highly vacation place for people from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, I know. We take it over every spring break. Oh, Every summer. Me. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to spring break no more. We was like, I think we're going to, for, we're going to like Orlando area again because they yeah. can go to Tampa and you go to Clearwater and all that stuff. But we used to go to Destin. But I know, and Destin you can't is, go now because now everyone goes to Destin. My dad is always like, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I have to cross 98 until the people are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful we went to live there like that Fort Walton Beach area yeah yeah we love it so you're yeah. from Destin born How and raised life in Destin? Like, I know what is it like it's so funny because I didn't know anything different because I was born there until I went to college I went to the University of Alabama and everyone who goes there grew up going to Destin so they're like wait you're from the beach and I'm like yeah there's a beach there but they all call it the beach you know it was like their yeah. beach growing up and I'm like what and I just didn't realize that it was such a cool place until I left and now yep. of course That's I'm like I still goes. like have never seen a more beautiful beach I'm just like you can't I've been all over I'm like you can't top it but um it was cool I mean I don't know anything different it's a small little southern town like beach town like you know, a little I, donut spot there we go to the donut uh, everybody the lines are crazy to get in that place man it's, it's the best it's the best yeah our friends um own the donut hole and i love it we have gone i used to have birthday parties you, like there. get us in you get <laughs> us in uh can we like, break the line some or something you know, i wait in the line to, every time just, now i want to go just to see if i get the line skipped yeah uh, but no we love it but the crazy thing about destiny is it's not hot for spring break so you'll go there matter in the year you may have a coat on on the beach. Like this, it's like windy, cold. Like our kids played in the in the water, but we would be like never oh, yeah. go in the water on spring break. Well, it's so just that was like the weather is just so random. Like our birthday, I have a twin sister, and our birthday is the beginning of February. And there's times mm -hmm. like there's been years where I'm like, "What are you doing for your birthday?" And she's like, "I'm on the beach." And then there's times where she's like, "It's freezing. I can't do anything." So it's just funny. It's like random weather. But and you're a twin. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I always wanted to be a twin. I wish it was two of me. Really? Would take this world apart. I feel like you wouldn't want to be a twin because you're such an individual and you like do you beat to your own drum. I feel like a twin would like almost like, you know, you'd be competing See, with someone. No, I feel like we'd be like uh Michael and Brian Voltaggio. Totally. <laughs> you know, like, like the powerhouses. Yeah, it's like we'd be two powerhouses that do things together. Totally. And uh yeah, one's quiet, one's not. Yeah. Know?
That's so funny. You I know. Get that. You rarely ever get two twins who both are like out there with the oh, personalities. Yeah. I mean, my sister and I are polar opposites, which is why I think we're so close because there's never been any version of like competing in any yeah. way. Um, I know funny. I told um, Michael Voltaggio once, I'm like, the Voltaggio brothers are like, there's something for everyone. They're both like, yeah. they're so similar <laughs> and so different that it's like, pick a brother. <laughs> Yeah, exactly like that too. I love them. That's so funny. Um, yeah, but what I was saying is like, you know, my mom was like, oh, wow, you're going to move to LA and go follow this big dream. Like, I never would have thought of that. And you're, you started this vocational school, your teacher encouraged you, but you probably never would have thought about culinary school. Isn't it so interesting? Like mm -hmm. the things that like, if people don't tell there. you, you don't know, like I had a friend who worked in hospitality at a hotel and I'm like, I wish someone would have told me there's hotel jobs outside of like the front desk and the bellhop. Like I just never <laughs> knew, you know? Yes. The, the exposure is so key to life. They think education's key. No exposure. I exposure totally is more important agree. than education because the education. Oh my goodness. Hold on, let me make sure. Sorry, my phone did not disturb mode. Sorry, I didn't do that. <laughs> Uh, you did tell read me read the fine print. No, I'm kidding. Okay, now we're on on this did not disturb mode. Um, so okay, yeah, um, exposure is key. I got exposed to like when I was 19 going on 20. I was a chef for the USA teams in the Olympics, you know, like so I was in China for three months. Like that exposure to something so different than where you ever came from will make you dream about things that you never would have dreamed if you never left. And yeah. um, it just it changed my whole perspective of the world of life totally of everything like it's just exposure is just as important as education yeah you don't know what you don't know which is why you have to go out and and learn it see it feel it taste it touch it because otherwise you don't know and like even moving here I met so many people of different religions backgrounds you know speaking different languages who come from all over doing different things and I was just totally exposed even food like I didn't have any of this kind of any sort of different cuisine yep. outside of like Mexican, like Tex-Mex and Destin until I moved here. Well, now you get the, the true heart of Mexico yeah, right there. Totally. Is the place. Yeah. It's, it's the so place. crazy. But yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like get out there and travel and you, you just, then you can't deny all the things. And it's so hard in the culinary world. So I was so far behind everybody in the culinary world I was so far ahead on training. I was so far behind on knowledge of ingredients um, because I went to Kentucky after and went and I stayed there. I should have went to Kentucky, moved to New York, moved to Chicago, went to LA. I should have done those different trips. Okay, so when you left culinary school, you felt like you should have gone and like staged places, but you were like, I'm just going to go home and start my life. Yeah, I should have like done that. I don't say I should have, because I would not be here right now if I left Kentucky. But that's one thing I would encourage for somebody who's with me. It's like, hey, go away from me. You want to be with me, but there's a time you need to be without me so that you can go see other things that I can't show you. I'm only going to show you what I know. You know, so that was such a big thing. Like, even when I do competition shows, I remember, like, even, like, I think my first time cooking, like, rabbit legs was on Beat Bobby Flay. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never cooked, I've cooked, like, we cooked the loin, <laughs> like, the, the bread, we've never cooked the legs, um, I'm like, I know to confit, they, like, confit them, but I'm like, this don't sound like we got enough time for that, so I was right. like, oh my gosh, what do you do, you know, and it's like, I'm being introduced to things in competition that most chefs have already worked with, 
Um, no one knows that I don't know them because uh, I figure it out. It's like I I can figure it out. Right. But that's one of the things that's always been my uh, even I compete a lot. It's always my fear in competition. It's like I'm always going to see ingredients I don't know that right. most chefs have seen before. So that has been one of those exposure things to where now it's like I just want to travel and eat eat right. go to markets go to new york let's go to chinatown let's buy some fruit on the streets let's just learn about everything right so when you were in culinary school that was in kentucky and then you you left and and did what like what happened after culinary school you graduated got a job what'd you do uh, when i got done culinary school it's when i like so as soon as i graduated because i just got back from the olympics i was like you know what you deserve time off you know so it was just like i just took time off from cooking and I just got back from the Olympics. I was about to graduate. I'm like, life is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So I took time off and I got into the wrong things. Uh, so I had started getting locked up from like trying to sell drugs and all this stuff and um, got myself into like a horrible place. Like I started to be the person that you that they used to tell you about and like dare, dare to care. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, oh, once you get in the system, you can't get out. I got in and could not get out. Like there was no way to get out of it. And I was like, and then last time I got locked up, I was like, you know what, Darnell? You got to go back to what you know. Like, just don't ever do nothing illegal again. Just go do what you know how to do. And I was like, you know what? got out. And as soon as I got out, I went to go look for a restaurant job. And I was like, I'm just going to stay in cooking. And that was also the first time I had worked since I got back from China. So I still had this whole, like, my mentality in the kitchen was still um, very relatable to my experience in China. So when I did get back in the restaurant industry, um, I was so much better of an employee than most people was because I was so thankful for it. And um, like when I was in the, in the Olympics, I had seen that the chefs we were working with had a, what is it called, strike one day because they weren't being paid. They're not consistently paid. They don't consistently have an opportunity. So when I had them, I maximized them all from like the time I got back in the industry until now. It wasn't that I had like a special opportunity. Like you see me compete. Like I just started on guys' grocery games. I didn't like get an opportunity of a lifetime. Right. Like you could call that an opportunity of a lifetime, but that happens to a lot of people to compete on Food Network. Um, so I just did the best with the opportunities I had, not try to think I need a bigger one all the time. Right. So it, um, I used to work in restaurants. I used to come in early. I used to ask to do the jobs of the chefs. And I never asked them for more money for it. I didn't ask them because I clock in early. I didn't ask them anything. I just wanted to learn. I wanted to be better than everybody else in the kitchen. And then I got to the point to where I became that person. And then I started to think like, mm, everyone's getting credit but me. Uh, and then that's what I was like, you know, Darnell, you may want to do uh your own thing because right. now these restaurants that I were the restaurants I were in were some of the best restaurants in the country like Provo May at the time was the best new restaurant in America by Cardinal Magazine um, and I'm like I feel like I'm never going to get attention from what I'm doing right. so I was like I want to do my own thing um, but I didn't want to do it like I've been in fine dining for so long like the restaurant I left last was a five diamond so I was like I want to not do this kind of food anymore because the other issue I had with it was that nobody came to eat there I knew like no one came to eat at those kind of restaurants right uh, so even though I was this great chef and you know people would see me on Facebook and see my posts and you know saying love everything it didn't connect with my community um so I was like you know when I leave here I need to make a decision do I want to get all the James Beard Awards, Michelin stars, or do I want to be known by the people? Like, do I want to be like the people's champion? 
Right. And at that point, I made the choice of like, I want to be the people's champ. I want to, when I walk up and down the streets, I want people to know who I am. Right. I wanted to love my food. And it was a, such a big risk for me because at that point, every one of my friends, anyone I knew, everyone did fine dining, everyone did dinner, no one did breakfast. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do breakfast. And at that point, it was just like really chains everywhere, chains right. everywhere. And this is, you talk about a long, we talk about 10, 10 years ago, over a decade ago. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do breakfast, but I'm going to do it the same way we did dinner. You know, I'm going to give it the same kind of execution, the creativity. I want the same kind of way you go to a nice restaurant, but, oh, this looks nice. I want people to say, oh, this looks nice. Right. And it's stuck. No one, it was, it was like, no one knew I owned the restaurant at first because it was called Super Chefs. And not everybody didn't know that was my name. So most people knew me as Darnell. So I could call the name Super Chef and they not know it was me. So I was able to hide again. So I'm like back in culinary arts school again, I'm hiding. But this time I'm hiding from everybody in the city because no chef cooks breakfast. Right. You know, okay, I have so many dinner. questions. I'm like, hold on. I need to go back. Yeah. One, I want to go back to when you got, so you got asked to go in culinary school. You got asked to go and cook at the Olympics, like with people from your culinary school. Uh, with 20 students from my culinary arts school, but we worked with the company that got the uh, bid. Got it. So we didn't go as, yeah, we went with the company that won the bid for the Olympics. Okay, cool. And you were there for how long? I was there for about three months. And so when you came back, I know you said that you like felt like you wanted a break, but what made you take a break and get into, into selling drugs? Like, how did you make that leap? Like, Oh, I was selling drugs before I left. So it was really easy to come back and do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I left to go to the Olympics, like I had employees that stayed and ran it while I was gone. How did you get you involved know, like, in that? Because I was in college and it was simple. I didn't sell like crack cocaine. You know, I was selling weed. Like it was simple. Everybody smoked in college. I was the person everybody went to. So it was like so simple. It was like, I, and it, it didn't start off like that when I came down here. It was like, I finally, I seen a need. It was like, I'm smart. Like if I see a need, I can, I can supply your needs. <laughs> Even if the need was, you know, an illegal substance. That's what everybody was doing at that yeah. time. So it was legal in LA. At that time, yeah. it was still legal somewhere in America. And true, true. There, you know, it was legal in Denver. It was, it was only illegal in most of the country. Right. Uh, but, you know, so I started in college before I even got to the Olympics. It was like, I, but what happened is that I realized I wanted to do it was I tried working and going to school and I started failing out of college. Like I was in the dean's office to talk about my grades, but I hadn't been there when I wasn't working. So I realized that I can't have a job and go to school. Oh. I'm not. I'm not that smart as I seem. I'm gifted, talented, <laughs> creative, but I'm not school. I'm not school. Um, so I couldn't work like I was working, like because I did. I had a factory job. I worked at like stupid restaurants. I'm not gonna name them. Uh, and um, I did that. So I did it before, and then it wasn't until I realized like this ain't. I can't do this. Like now I'm about to go to go back home to Columbus because they're like, hey, if you don't do this right, you're going. We got to kick you out of school. So I'm like, okay, I get back focused on school, stop working. And then I'm just hanging around with people more now, college kids, it's like going to their dorms, playing Madden, all that kind of stuff. And you right. notice that they're all smoking everywhere. And everybody was, I was like, I didn't smoke at that time. So I was like, that's easy for me. I don't smoke. So it was, uh, I just seen the need there. And it wasn't like, I was like, even I remember he used to tell me, it was like, you don't seem like a drug dealer. 
It's like, because I'm not, I'm just a businessman. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm just, just trying to make a buck while I'm in school. Yeah. I'm like, this ain't no lifelong lesson for me. Like, I'm not doing this for anything outside of to go to college and put myself through college. Um, because, you know, I didn't get financial money from my mom for food and everything. So I was like, I just had to figure it out. Um, so that was my way of doing that. And even like, this is all I can tell you, I'm going to stop there, but fast forward to the end of it. Even when I got arrested for my last time, this is how you knew I wasn't, this wasn't my lifestyle. When I got arrested the last time, it was my last time ever selling drugs. It was like, I had already saved enough money. I was already in the position I wanted to be in. And I said, you know what? I bought my last ever time buying from somebody. They knew it was my last time. I was over. And it's that, but I guess I wasn't over. <laughs> it was really over. It was like, I was done. We were, I had a trip planned to Vegas. We were celebrating like all this stuff. Already booked the trip to Vegas, everything. We were done. I was out of it. I didn't need it anymore. I was I like, I was like, okay, I've it's ran its course. I know this lifestyle is done for me. I'm about to just figure out life and I got enough money to kind of like just be free for a while. Like just yeah. figure it out. Travel, do what I want to do. Um, and it was like I'd already made the decision, told everybody, you know, saying gave away everything. And then that's when I got caught the last time, which was like, oh, you better get your life together now. So, so you had already decided, like, you were like, I'm not going to, after this, I'm done. I don't want to sell drugs anymore. I have enough money to like go on a quick trip to Vegas, come home and like start my life. And you got caught. Yep. And I was starting my own business at that time. I had enough money saved to start it. I didn't need to go find investors. I started this website called cookingin10.com. And I was going to give people like, recipes how to make their favorite recipes at home in less than 10 minutes right wow. um and i had everything i needed to start that company i had all the savings i needed we were going to vegas thing even my mom was going to do a renew their vows so we were like great life was going to be great and then that's when the last time i was like oh this is the big one we got you now and uh so they must have tapped my phone and knew it was my last time <laughs> how many <laughs> but, times had you gotten caught before like what was that like no i, like, I couldn't even count the times it was like six in like two months i couldn't even count them you went to uh, jail six times I, that's why i knew it needed to be stopped i was like this ain't it like i don't know why i keep doing this like i just started getting arrested for everything and i was like you know what i'm out like this is done i have it all like I have it all. And I kept getting arrested, but I kept bonding myself out because I had money. So it wasn't like they could ever keep me for long because it's like they never would catch me with much. So I was like, oh, just buy myself out tomorrow. Uh, but it, it got to the point where I had the last time I couldn't buy myself out. It was like, okay, well, your bond is $50,000. I was like, well, I didn't say that much money. Oh and if gosh. I did, I wouldn't spend it on getting myself out. So then I had to call my mom, let her know about it um, because now I need help getting out. Um, and then, so that was like the whole, so at that time she had never known anything. Oh, she didn't known even know anything. that you'd ever even been to jail. Why would I have to tell her for She doesn't hold every state. She's not like, I'm not a kid, even though I'm a kid, you know? Yeah. Oh <laughs> so my gosh, Darnell, like, you have like a whole, like, it's so crazy to me, your past life. I mean, I remember when you were coming on to guys grocery games and it was like, oh yeah, he, you know, from, from being homeless, homeless in jail to to this and i'm like wait what so like during and that's that why time, i don't talk homeless? about yeah that's why i don't talk about homeless time much because i was homeless because of myself getting locked up the last time i got locked up they had raided my house all this stuff had happened i mean they were like you're the you know you're the biggest drug dealer in this area all this stuff and um so when i got out because of the raid the apartments had kicked us out like so when i got out i had to hurry get my stuff move out 
and uh, had to figure out. So at that point, I didn't have nowhere to go. I had zero money. So I went from always being comfortable and great to zero. No money, no nothing, but knowing that I'm not going back that way again. I wasn't tripping. I wasn't mad or upset. I didn't I didn't feel like life was out of control. I actually felt like I had a plan to just like get back to what I knew I was good at. So um got in a restaurant that let me in. Got hired the same day I went in. When you see my resume, he's like, Oh my gosh, yes, you're hired. It's all taste station. Um and then I was in this amazing kitchen that everybody in the kitchen was like of such high caliber. Like everybody was so talented. And um it was good. I was nervous. Um, but it was good. I was like, man, like this feels like the place for me. Yeah. And um then it was just history from there. So like when people say, like, I feel like i you hear this a lot with chefs that like, you know, the kitchen saved their life, like being in the kitchen and chefing like saved their life. Would you say that? Like that's what that's what got you back on track. Oh, for sure. It's a it's a, the the kitchen's a haven. It's a safe haven for everybody who wants to try to everybody's equal in the kitchen you know what i'm saying as is an equal opportunity place um so it did save my life it was like it got me back on track and reminded me like oh man you, first of all you're trying to make easy money um and that don't usually lead nobody nowhere ever and you're not even doing what you're supposed to be doing like i need to be cooking like i was made to be in the kitchen so got so back and never looked back so when you when you finally got out of jail and everything you were like i'm gonna go back to what i know which is like getting in the kitchen yeah. and you had all those good jobs that were you know fine dining and teaching you everything and you kind of got to like understand and then you were inspired to open a breakfast place that's where super chef came from it was super chef the name was already given to me um when i the third time in the olympics it had already been called super chef like three times in three different restaurants not like me calling myself super chef, but someone would say I thought I was super chef. Um, and then the last time I was at the Olympics where this guy, I was very like cocky at the Olympics, you know, but to be honest with you, young chefs tend to be like, well, back in the day, young chefs tend to be like that because they wanted to be great. Like, you know, the old goal wasn't to be a great person. It was to be a great chef. Didn't care how I got there. I just wanted to get there. Right. Um, so I was very uh, like full of myself and like of my abilities. And then one chef was like, oh, you think you're a super chef? I was like, you know, it's the last time. So in these Olympics, these chefs who do these events, they get like tattoos in these countries they go to. So I was like, time to go get tattooed. And I was like, what am I going to get? I was like, I don't want to get the Olympic logo. So a lot of the people who went with us from our school got like the Olympic lo logo for that year. I was like, nah, I don't want that. And I was like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? I was like, super chef. I was like, it's the last time somebody's going to call me and it like, like, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to call myself it from here on out. And uh, so I did that. And then that's kind of, like, where I was, like, birthed the whole, like, super chef, um, that's who I am um, kind of thing. And it was weird for a long time. I will say that. Why <laughs> that was, was it weird? Because you're, like, calling yourself super chef as if, like, you're some like, superhero. That's like I'm telling people, like, that's what, like, the name is. And, like, <laughs> come on. No chef has a name outside their name. You know, Rachel Ray, Michael Fattaggio, Antonio LaFazza, everybody's name is their name. Like, so for me to have a name that's not my name was like, it was weird at first. Like, I was like, I was a little bashful about it. Like, I didn't like accept it really, because I was always around such serious culinary that that wasn't serious culinary. So would you like introduce yourself that way? Like, I'm super chef Darnell Ferguson? No, but it was weird. Like when we started doing the pop-up restaurants, 
And I was like, I was like, why are you name Super Chef? Like, oh, that's the Super Chef right there. And then they were like, who Darnell? <laughs> you know? So uh, like, this guy? Like, no, no, no. Not him. We never heard that name before. So um, it was just one of those experiences that, like, uh, and I believe in the future to be more people calling themselves something. Uh, but it was unique even today. No one still does it but me. I'm the yeah. only person. So do you, is that like a persona that you like have taken on now? Like you obviously opened your restaurants under that name and you've, is that a persona that you feel like you live by? Like, what does it mean to be a super chef to you? Well, uh, I think it fits me perfectly uh, from a standpoint of like my lifestyle, as far as like from physical, mental, spiritual, talent and gifts wise, like it all builds up like Superman. Yeah. You know, Superman is Superman when he's in his cape. Like, I'm Superman when I'm, like, super chef when I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, then Clark Kent. Like, I am a regular person. I have kids, take care of it. None of this stuff matters in, like, the normal life. Right. Like, Clark Kent, no one knows who Clark Kent is. Like, they don't know he's Superman. They just know he's Clark Kent. Yeah. And then it's, like, there's, like, Kal-El, who, like, knows that he's not from this planet and knows he's from somewhere else. Um. So, for me, like, my faith is that for me. Like, I'm deeply rooted in like understanding how it's created and my faith plays a big part into who Super Chef is. Um, and I think that belief in that has taken me to these places I've been now. So it's like yeah. all of that tied together. And I love Superman. Did you lean on your faith like during all of your your troubles or did your faith and like your religion come after that? Oh, okay, way after that. Way oh, after yeah, that. I have no faith, no faith. Didn't when did you, did. When did you like come to that? When I was back in the industry, <laughs> you need faith in this industry, boy, it'll try you. It'll, it'll break you down. It'll break you down. It'll overwork you, underpay you. It will confuse you, frustrate you. It'll do everything to you if you don't have, you got something that you like yeah. grounded in that doesn't Did someone shake. like bring you to that? Was like, was there yes. a person in your life? Who was that? I was working. So I was working at this restaurant, Proof Domain, which I told you is one of the best restaurants in America. And I left there to go be a short order cook at this fried fish place because they paid like two to three dollars more an hour. And at that time, two to three an hour more. Yeah. And he's like, and you get tips. I'm like, oh, so I'm probably, he's like, you're really going to make like nine dollars more an hour. I'm like, oh, peace out. Uh, to right. the best. I'll go fry something over here and make more money. Um, and then I hated that job. Worst job ever. Couldn't stand it. But through that process, I asked him one day, even though he was the worst boss ever. Um, was this a he, chef you're working I, for or like the owner? He was the chef. He's the owner. He's just the owner. Yeah. And um, he was like, I was like, hey, man, you got it. At that point, I felt like I was getting so mad. I was so angry working there. I didn't like anything. I wasn't happy where my life was. Like when I walked into work and seen where I was at, it didn't make me feel any special. Um, and that's why I realized never pick money over passion ever because yeah. <laughs> it won't go right for you. But um, I asked him one day, I think someone said something to you about Ohio State that day. And I was so mad. Like you can make me, the definition, you should not get mad because somebody said something you don't like. Right. You know what I'm saying? And anytime someone did not agree with me, I was mad. Like I had no control over my own body or my mind. Like, if you disagree with me, I, it upset me. Like, I was just upset. And I'm angry yeah. and mad. And I was like, asked him one day, I was like, you got a church I can go to? I was like, I just want to try something out. And granted, I asked him, but he wasn't the kind of person you thought went to church. Yeah. But I knew he did. Um, and I asked him, he told me, I said, like, but it got to be a big church. I was like, it can't be one of the small ones. I had been to church a couple times when I was younger. And I was like, it can't be a small one where they asked me to stand up if it's my first time there. Right. I was like, it got to be one to where I could just like be a fly on the wall. 
and he told me about this church. I ended up going there. And I remember the first time I was there, like, I, at that point, I'd never, probably one time, maybe twice, cried in my life. And uh, I'm like 24, getting ready to be 25, probably. Right. And uh, I never cried, really. I was not a crier. And when I went there first, they bawled like a baby. They oh, my bawled. gosh. He was saying, I don't know what he said, but he said everything I was hoping to hear in life. I bawled. Like, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, this is like, I was like I'm coming here every day. So it's crazy because I felt like my whole life was so opposite of church that I used to go twice a week to sermons just to hear because I need to get this. I need to get extra because I'm so far behind. I'm so dirty that I need (laughs) extra cleaning. You know, I love that you're like, I got to put in some overtime to get on the good side. Exactly. I need to get clean. I'm so dirty that I need extra. So I'm going on Saturday nights with the the college age, Sundays. (laughs) I'm in church all the time. Just trying to get something. Oh, um, and, dying. And it was like, and then so I went back. So I started working on me, right? And I get back one day. I uh, ended up flipping out on him one day. He has told me I need to do the dishes again. I'm like, I don't do the dishes. Like, you have employees for that. Like, why are you asking me? But I thought like he was asking me personally. Yeah. Like, do the dishes. Like, you. I'm like, why would you want me to do them? You have other people here. Like, why would you ask that? And so I was so upset. Like, I thought we were going to fight that day. And I went to church and they were talking about how you need to work as if you're working for the Lord, not for humans. And it's like, so the same way you work, the same way you treat people at work is the same way you treat God. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, wow. Like, what? You should have told me this last week. What's up with y'all's timing at this church? Y'all off. Um, and so I'm like feeling horrible. I'm like, What? So you telling me this way I've been treating this guy is the way I'm treating God. And it's like, and so I'm listening to it. So I got to work. It's like, you know, I'm apologize to this guy. I'm going to practice what I've been learning. I'm apologize. Right. I apologize. I get ready to apologize to him. And he fires me. No. Like, oh, can you, he don't fire, fire me like in a way you should fire somebody. He fires me in the most cold blooded way ever. Like, it's like he's an old Mississippi pimp. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he does it in, like, an old player way, man. I'm like, he didn't even have no respect to fire. Like, oh, He was, I'm like, excited go. to fire you. He's like, peace. But he also knew that he took me from somewhere else. And this was the job. He could have been like, hey, man, this ain't working out. You should probably start looking for somewhere else. You know, like, you knew I had a family to take care of, all these things. Um, but he did in just, like, a cold-hearted way. And I'm like, now I'm confused. I'm like, hey, I was like, I get okay, uh, but I'm like okay. Well, I was like, I'm still gonna apologize to him, right? So I still apologize to him. I'm like, man, I'm sorry, man. How I've been treating you, how I've been talking. I just want to apologize for everything, man. I was wrong. He's oh, okay. You're still fired. I still yeah. did you leave? And I'm like, now I'm like, now anger is starting to come. So I just leave. Got home, and I remember like yesterday. Got home and cried like a baby, like. I don't even know how like a grown man like me was crying. Like it was like one of them ugly cries. And I remember telling myself and talking to guys like, Hey, I don't know what's going on and why that happened. Like it is, but I'm gonna trust you. All you asked me to do was trust. That's all I got to do. I'm going to do it. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And then I just kept doing it. And, um, but yeah, so that's how I got involved. Like that guy who I hated was the one who who, like helped save my life. Wow. Um, So, and then he, so, you know, I did pop-up restaurants. So I got popular yeah. um, because we couldn't afford to get our own space. So we started off inside of other places, like a gyro place, a co-signment place. So we started off at this gyro place at the pop-up. Busiest thing in the city. 
And this and, was doing like the super chef breakfast. Yep. And uh, I had a partner. He came into town and I'm like, hey, man, I want to take you somewhere. No, I'd already been healing. This is a year later. Yeah. I'd already been healing. So I'm like, I want to take you to this place. You got the best fish tacos in the world. That's the place that I took him to. And the owner's there. I was like, hey, man, to me, my partner, we got this super chef restaurant up the street from here. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, everybody knows about that restaurant. He's like, hey, do you think you'll be interested in doing the same thing here? And I'm like, my partner, I'm thinking like, yeah, for sure. You don't want to come in here now and be your partner? <laughs> like, yes. I'm thinking like, yeah. So a year later after he fires me, he ends up asking me to come help save his business with oh, our pop-up wow. We did. Now he's packed to the max too, because we're doing the same thing in different locations now. But I was like, that's the full circle of it. It was a, it was a cool moment of like me realizing that I don't need to try to get things right with people who do me wrong. Right. I just need to let, let God take care of them. And you said you were already like, you had a family to take care of. When did you meet your lovely wife? She's so sweet. When did you meet her and tell us about your 900 kids? <laughs> I met her after after that i had the pop-ups when i met her i met her in the pop-up time um because after he let me go i went like desperately broke like when i tell you i went broke i went extremely broke so i had my two daughters living with me and their mom at the time was living with me i had to tell them at one point i was like hey it's probably best you go live with your mom because i can't feed people i, was like, I can't feed myself so oh my she went back and lived with her mom with the daughters and i stayed in my apartment um, I don't know how I paid rent. I still have to figure that out. That's like one part of my life I never get. How did I pay rent? You I blocked it out. <laughs> I blocked it out. Like I don't know, but I did, I remember. I remember budgeting twenty dollars for a week. Like realizing, I was like, okay, if I eat a McDouble at this time, then I can eat another one like eight nine hours later, and oh then I can gosh. like spread it out. I remember like in that time I was budgeting like 20 for a week and you know um then I like was in like church group so they would help out and we go over there they would eat send me home with some food to eat always and um ended up making it but yeah I met her during the pop-ups when one of the ladies at this uh small group I went to that time I've been single for a while trying to figure out life get my businesses started and um they was always talking about hooking me up with somebody. Yeah. And I was always not interested in anybody they want to hook me up with. Um, and then one time I had a pop-up and we were going to do a Valentine's Day dinner. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to bring somebody for you. She didn't come to the Valentine's Day dinner because her daughter got sick. And then she ended up coming to lunch one day. And we met and she was nice. I liked her as a friend, but I didn't like her past friends. But she used to always tell people how she was going to marry me. Like, always. She's like, oh, I'm going to marry him one day. I'm like, She's crazy. Uh, she's like a sister to me. I don't see her like that. So y'all just so became buds. Yeah, so even my friend yesterday, last night, was like, hey, remember we used to always say Tatata was your sister? And I was like, and I kept her in a sister's own for like, I think about a year. Like a year of just us going to see movies, maybe going to get something to eat. Not really. We all even went to go see movies, really. Um, and we went to our youth group together. Not youth group, our house group together. It's like a church group. So we were like friends. And she used to help watching the kids sometimes. And it was like just platonic friendship for a year. And then after that year, I went on a mission trip somewhere. And it's like this, like, it's not an orphanage. I won't call that. I called that to her, but it's not an orphanage. It's a place that takes in at-risk kids who either comes to them through the court system or, like, from a family. Oh. Um, and they house them in, like, it's like 20, it's like 12 houses on campus. They have their own schools, their own grocery stores, their own clothing stores, everything on campus. 
And they give them a mom and dad, and they stay in the house with a mom and a dad, and they have brothers and sisters in that house. And when I was there, I found out that she was raised there also. Katata? So, yeah, she was there. She went there for, like, through her last three years. Like, when she was, I, mean, I think I'm not for sure exactly. She may have been, like, 15, 16, 17, 18. She, and, uh, so she was there in that time frame. I'm not sure exactly what year. So she was there and lived there. So I, like, from there, I started to change things. I started to see her differently. Um, and then when I came back, I was, like, I started to pursue, like, an actual, like, like more than a friend relationship with her. Um, and I had totally, like, that was, like, mind-blowing. Um, that she was raised part of her life at that place. Why did that was, change that for you? Like, what made you think like, oh, now she, I can be I romantic love that place. with her? I love that place. I loved it to death. I've been there twice. The only place I ever did a mission trip at. It's in Oklahoma. So, um, cause she's Native American. So a lot of the reserve reservations are out there. So um, I had never, I had such a love for that place. I think it like rolled over to her. Wow. Um, um so and I was like you know I because I was telling myself I can see myself coming out here and living for a couple of years and being a house parent and then I kind of seen her doing it with me and uh so I think that's where it kind of grew from yeah oh and then gosh. we have many many children yeah two to six two to 16 wow it's a beast it's a beast oh. so how long have y'all been married now seven or eight years in that range uh, yeah. yeah our anniversary is like in may may 29th oh or may 21st or May 29th. you know <laughs> dates don't matter as much as people think they do you know it's really the heart of the person i'm like tatata earmuffs <laughs> yes she knows because her because we, we got her birthday uh our daughter's birthday our anniversary and derby we have a lot of things in may yeah that's so, so funny it's 21st to 29th one's the anniversary one's the daughter's birthday the 21st i know it's the 21st of may i'm going to believe in that <laughs> oh my gosh i love it um okay great so tell me like obviously now your life is in order you're married you have these wonderful children super chef is like you have how many locations like you're killing it right like now well now i know you're killing it but at that time like once the pop-up was like really doing successfully like how did you end up getting brick and mortars and like Oh, somebody, oh, so we ended up getting our brick and mortars by the same person who had, like, invested one time in our pop-ups. He was like, oh, Darnell, I would never invest in restaurants. We said, but I will invest in you as a person. So I was like, oh, thank God he likes me. Because uh, he was very frank about not investing in the restaurant. He, was about, he said, I believe in investing in the kingdom. And I feel like you having a restaurant will advance God's kingdom. And he's like, I feel that. He's like, so I'll invest in you. So I was like, okay. Started the restaurants up. It burnt down like four months after it was open. <laughs> oh, right. And then uh, we had to go to another location. But before it burnt down, that's when Rachel Ray had called. That's when we did Guys Grocery Games for the first time. And like the Rachel Ray thing was so big for us because we were like in a bidding war. Like we had Rachel Ray, Ellen DeGeneres, we had Steve Harvey, all of them. Like we want the exclusive story on Darnell. And um, I ended up going with Rachel Ray because I knew I wanted, yeah, I remember. I had never done a Food Network show. So, but my thinking was, I want to be a Food Network star one day. So I'm going to go with a person whose audience is closest to where I want to be one day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Even though Steve Harvey's demographic may have been mine, Ellen's may have been more popular. Like just because she's Ellen and she has these stars come right. on. It may have been, I should say, it may have been more of a shock factor. 
Um, but I thought that Rachel Ray would align better with where I wanted to go in life. Right. So I did Rachel Ray. And then from there, you know, did guys go through games. And then from there, it was like the city started supporting the crazy. And we got on fire. It's like it it birthed like through the ashes, like a super chef, like really the city supported. It grew into something crazy out here. And that's um, crazy. Like your restaurant, your first brick and mortar, you finally feel like all these pop-ups and hard work is paying off and then it sets on fire. But that's actually what kind of catapulted your career. Yeah, and it's crazy. It set on fire at our busy, biggest day in history. Like, because we already had two stores in Ohio too. It was like our biggest day ever. Our numbers were ridiculous. And then I get a call at like four in the morning from a news guy I know, news anchor, like who does reports. And he's like, hey man, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I'm like, it's four in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm just asleep. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, I'm so sorry. You don't know. He's like, your restaurant has burnt down. I'm like, oh what? My gosh. He said, I'm so sorry to be the first one to tell you like this. He said, I was calling to check on you. I thought you already knew. So he still to this day feel like he was like the worst person ever. I'm like, no, I just didn't know. So he calls me to see if I was okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, and then he just tells me news that like that time. He's like, I thought you already knew. It's oh been fire for like an hour. He said, it's been like, it was a horrible fire too. It wasn't like a small one. It was horrendous. Like it was a very bad fire. So it was like, went over there and um, yeah, so that's how that happened. I found the news out about it. Um, but since then, it like has birthed something great. Yeah, that's crazy. So then, yeah, so now it's like you've, you know, you went on Rachel Ray, you run on Guys Grocery Games, you have won, you've, you, you're a competition chef now, you do Tournament of Champions, and now you're hosting your own show, Super Chef Grudge Match, that I just happened to be a co-executive producer on. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we both came up together. Like, that's the great <laughs> Darnell, we really story. did. You know, we both came up together, and Devin, wherever he's at. You know, yeah, we all shout came out up to together. Devin. <laughs> yes. You know, we all came up together in this industry. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, my God. Do you it remember? Do you remember? So I never imagined I would get to this place. I did at one point. But listen, you know, the day it stopped and I thought that it would never, ever happen. Do you remember? No one ever knows. Do you remember the day I was so hurt in interviews? That you It left. was the worst. Yeah, yeah. That No, I didn't leave. I had to leave because at that point I couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, uh, at that point in our career, when I, when I was like, I don't know who was in there. Devin may have been in there. No, you were with Kayla. And then a guy came in. It oh, may have been then David. it was probably, it was probably, it was probably Devin, don't you think? And came in and talking to me and I just lost and I didn't know how to how to be excited so you had just lost that, an episode of guys grocery games and we're in the interview process and we're just like overwhelmed with the idea that you had lost and didn't know how to like go through the interview process with a good head on your shoulders I'd already lost before that so it's like it's not my first loss so it was just like I had thought I had I was dealing with the fact of how do you lose when you feel like you're the best and not that uh, anything I just felt like I had just done amazing mind-blowing things and I'm like oh man I just didn't know how to take it in and uh, at that moment I was like they're never ever gonna have me back again never ever ever ever, ever. uh and then uh I came back finished the recording of it and then I believe you all called to do the ultimate Thanksgiving challenge yeah 
And I'm like, what? They calling me to do this? I was like, I ain't never think. At that moment, who Network Star was done. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I thought I'd be like blacklisted. Yeah, I'm like, uh, this is over for sure. But um, uh, so then, then the Thanksgiving show happened. And um, that was probably the biggest one I had that moment. Yeah. Um, with that show, it still didn't. I remember walking around when I got to the hotel afterwards and like getting some eat. It still didn't sink in that I had won the show. Right. Um, it was just I couldn't believe it. Uh, because it was such great chefs on that show. They had such great experience, incredible, so yeah. Knowledge. It was crazy. I'm like, how? Do I win? Uh, but yeah, now we got the show. You know, not the show. We have the hit show, Super Chef Crunch Match, people. Um, which is I love it to death. Oh my goodness, it's it is so good. Like, do you watch the shows or do you not watch them? I, th- there's a, there's some things that I don't watch. Yes. But, um, no, I watch grudge match and I love tournament of champions. Actually I do. I guess I do watch them all. Cause I watch guys grocery games too. Yeah, it's a lot of guys grocery games to watch. It's though. a lot Jeez. of guys grocery games. And I think I've been, I've been on that show the longest. Um, I certainly haven't seen every episode, but, um, grudge match for me, like, you know, that was my first time getting the executive producer title, like co-EP title with David. And so it felt very like special. And I knew that it was your first show, like hosting Mm. on your own and it's your baby, but there was a lot to like, a lot to enjoy and a lot to, a lot of pressure to make it great because it was all of our kind of first, you know, a lot of things that made it really special. So I am, I'm proud of it. I mean, I, when I watch it, I like it. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And people love it. Oh, my gosh, the reception from it. I can't keep up with my messages anymore. You know, it's hard life out here. It's it hard being super. so special. Uh, <laughs> we like to it ain't easy being super, you know. Uh, it's hard for a I'm super excited. chef. Yes, oh it my is, God. it is. You say, you... how can I be on the show? I'm like, man. That's You're like, have a grudge. Time. Yeah, just, just, uh, I'll put it out next time. But yeah, so it's been fun. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. See, this is, Lindsay, since I was a kid watching Emerald, I've dreamed of this. But this is just the beginning. You know what I'm saying? This is just the start. We got. I got so many ideas. I have so many. Oh, man, I want to be doing this for the next 20 years. You will um, So, yeah, like this is just the beginning of it all. Yeah. What was it like? <laughs> like you grew up watching Emerald. He was an icon on Food Network, is an icon. And now you have this person, Guy Fieri, who's larger than life. He is like the biggest star on Food Network. Like people know him everywhere. He's a pop culture icon and he is in your corner. Like he's providing an opportunity for you to host a show. You've gone on multiple of his shows to compete. He believes in you. Like, what does that feel like for you? Could you ever imagine like homeless drug selling Darnell would be like Guy Fieri's like little champion? Uh, yeah, I did imagine that, but I think I didn't imagine the guy part. Um, that's a benefit and a blessing that a lot of people don't see or know about, you know, that is it. Like the conversations we've had, I got so much recording of guy talking to me that I was like, I'm going to use later on in a documentary about my story when I make it a motion picture, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, but it's such a, it's good because not only do I have him coaching me. But I also have him believing in me. Like yeah. there was times on set where he would say something. He was like, "Oh my gosh, you you got this. You're per- That's perfect." I'm like, him saying that just makes you believe it, you know. So like it, it's just a um, 
it is great, man. Like not many people like Kyrie Irving would had the ability to be trained by Kobe Bryant. You right. know what I'm saying? Not many people get those abilities to be able to have people who are the best at what they do mentor them and guide them and all this other stuff, you know? So, and he's guiding me in other ways, just as far as like TV and what I need to be doing and is this a good decision? Call me if you have this going on, you know? Uh, so he's been able to guide me in my career and then also on TV. The best time for me, that's why I try to judge so much with guys' grocery games now. Just so you know, Lindsay, I need to judge more. Uh, <laughs> because I get the I get training when I do it. Like when I'm doing it, every time between every in between every single judge, I mean of us judging someone, because you know you go to someone next, it resets, he's telling me how I'm doing. Hey, like this, that was great, fantastic. He's always like in my ear, coaching me on saying, This is good. Hey, slow down on this. You can go on this, pause, leave something for the people. Like he's always coaching nonstop. And I'm always soaking it up. I don't know what other people do, yeah. but I'm always like, even when I did like Worst Cooks in America, like with Ann, ask tons of questions, always learning from them. Like if I want to be really special, then I'm going to learn. I read script probably more than anybody does who hosts TV shows for, for like yeah. Food Network TV shows. Like me and my manager every night, we go, no matter what time we get in, how late it is, how tired we are, we go through the entire script at nighttime. Then we go through the entire script together when we get on uh, in our trailer together. Then we go through what you all go through like that. Then I'll read it again. But then we're, we're continuously like, oh, hit this part. This is the part. Okay, we need to make these words bigger. Like that, it matters so much because yeah. I know that the more that I try to be better, the more better I'll become. So it just, it's great. I, I'm just like a, no matter if I'm next to Antonia judging, I'm learning from her. When Alex is hosting and I'm doing supermarket stakeout, I'm listening to how she does it, how she's interacting with the people. Like, I'm just learning. I'm not just there to get paid and just do my part judging. Like, yeah. I'm like listening, looking, paying attention to everything and um, just trying to become better. So how many, um, like your your restaurant success is great. You You have this TV, like whole new, like, you know, celebrity chef success how many restaurants do you have now and like what is your what is your involvement with all of that so now i didn't renew the lease on the louisville one uh and then i closed down one louisville one uh it just was not happening like it was not it at all the location wasn't it the restaurant yeah. was amazing oh my gosh yeah the restaurant was great the location was horrible um and i got two in alabama I got one in Cleveland and we're opening up one in Atlanta this year and then another one in downtown Cleveland this year. Um, the involvement's less than they used to be, but I, my main focus is not restaurants right now. Uh, my main focus is my products going to grocery stores. Um, that I got a whole line of stuff that we're going to start putting out for grocery stores. But on top of that, this summer, I'm changing the game. Like I'm changing the whole restaurant. Okay. So you see why I'm not worried about restaurants that much because I'm going on tour this summer, like a, like a rock star. Going from city, we got major cities. I'm going in there and I'm traveling with the restaurants to where people can come try the food that I've done on TV, all those things. I'm going from city to city, not city to city, because that makes sense I'm going to every city. But I'm going to some major markets and popping up there for a week, selling it out, giving people what they've been seeing on TV. And um, we're doing the first like real big culinary tour where it's like, just like your favorite artist goes on tour the summer times, same thing's happening this year. Well, Super Chef is doing it, you know, so because a lot of you want to try the food, but they can't. That's so that. cool. Come to Kentucky. So you're basically so doing like your Super Chef pop ups all over. 
Yep. Except I'm doing them one at a time because I'll be there the entire time they're open. Um, And I want people who come there and pay to go, be able to meet me, be able to have the experience. Like usually when you go to chef's restaurant, they're so far away from the food and not like they're like literally away from it. Sometimes they'd be in the building, but the people who are doing it is their job. And the chef is like, you know, they may not be there for a month. Right. Um, I want them something. I want them to taste something that they won't be able to say, oh, this doesn't taste good. No, I'm in there from open to close seven days a week. You come in here, I'm here. I'll be able to come out there, take pictures. We have everything going on. Um, and just want to expose people. So just like when I started pop-ups years ago, now there are pop-ups everywhere. Yeah. When I do this tour, watch all these chefs start trying to do a tour. Watch. I mean, everybody is going to try to do it. Just know the Super Chef did it first. And it's okay <laughs> for them to do it because- I got some tricks up my sleeve for this. Uh, so what does your family think? Like your mom, your wife, like whoever else, like what do they think of this life you've created? I always like to ask that. Like, what do people think? I think they think more of it than I do. Uh, but my mom loves it. She loves it. She said, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. I was like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> she was like, just seen a commercial on TV. You know, uh, so I was like, oh, it's good. You know, you want to make your mom proud. You know, they birthed you, worked hard for you. So that's a big thing. I want to make her proud, her and my stepdad. But then I like the wife, the kids, they love it. Um, I think that I, I never like let it come inside of me as a person. So they never really, it doesn't really translate to them. Like now if I was like living it up, like celebrity this, this, that, and they may have a different way of like, they right. may be more excited, but I'm pretty, always pretty grounded, like. You know, I don't ever see myself as a celebrity. Even like I went to that school, like you'd have thought that Michael Jackson was coming in. I'm like, what is going on? They're like, yo, every day, like you were the number one person they requested to see for Black History Month. The number one person. You at were the top school? of this Your old culinary school? This is just a school down here in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, I was like, wow, like in the reception from them, I'm like, I was like, you got a show on Tuesday nights to go to the They're like, oh, oh, I'm like, we know, we all watch it. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, um, even the other day, being at the in Chicago yesterday, like sitting, uh, getting some food and stuff, and like the lady was like, "You look so familiar." Now I told her she started screaming, called her husband on the phone, was like, "Remember some of this chef yesterday? Look at him!" You know? Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then another lady walks up, like, "Are you Darnell Ferguson?" She, said, "Oh my gosh! All we do is watch Food Network. We love you." And I was like, "I don't think I've accepted it as much as I just." So no one around me kind of does because it's just like. It's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't, yeah. they're not too full of myself, uh, which is a good thing, uh, but they all love it. Excited. You know, the show is doing great. So everybody's just like, oh my goodness. Whereas for me, I'm like, oh man, we got so much work to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got so much work to do. You know, uh, I don't enjoy things. I do enjoy everything. I just don't think that many people know who I am. And then you realize more people know who you are than you think. Is that your personality is to just like, you're, you don't feel like someone who settles to be, you're just like, not that you're not appreciative of where you are, but you're like, okay, check that off. And I got to keep going. Is that who you are? Like, just keep striving. Well, yeah, but I live in the present. I'm very present, but I think that. I don't know how to take the celebrity part because I feel like, you know, who was a celebrity to me? Guy, Bobby Flay, Rachel Ray uh the pioneer woman and i don't feel like i'm on their level so i don't see myself as that you know what i'm saying now two years from now that may change i'm like oh like i'm just able i'm out here just like embracing more people whereas 
I, I brace them when they come to me and I I just don't see myself as it. Cause the people I look at as who as celebrities are guy and all those other people, right. not myself. I'm like the little brother, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They're like the big dogs. So yeah. that's how it is. But people don't see stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, tell everyone where to see you next. What's coming up? Obviously, you're doing a culinary tour. We have Super Chef Grudge Match. Like, tell people where they can find Darnell Ferguson, the Super Chef. Well, first of all, you find me every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on uh, Food Network Super Chef Grudge Match. Um, but also Super Chef underscore 23 on Instagram. I'm very active on social media, very easy, accessible. Now, it won't always be like that. Uh, <laughs> Get it while you can. can. <laughs> you know, but right now, if you send a message, I'm almost 100% replying to everybody. You know, uh, so uh, that, and then uh, the tour is coming. I know for sure we're going to hit up Philly, New York, Miami, LA. We're trying to figure out Dallas, Houston. And uh, we're trying to figure out if we're going to do Boston the first round or not. Because we're still coming back next year on like a 20 tour. You know, this year, we're going to do five. Cool. But next summer, we're going to do 20. So, yeah, just get ready for the tour. Come to a city near you or by you because you can drive three hours, you know. Um, okay, great. Well, Darnell, I end all of my podcasts with a quick fire five. So I'm going to ask you a question. You have to just like whatever comes to mind. Answer. Right off the dome. Okay. <laughs> right off the dome. Okay. Last meal before you die. Last. Oh, crab legs with some great butter. Like that got to be a great garlic sweet butter. Yes. Favorite city to eat your way through. Las Vegas, hands down. Not even close. No one can compare. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. That's cool. Okay. Um, they don't know food. They don't know food. <laughs> if you weren't a chef, what would be your profession? Oh, easy. Navy SEAL. Cool. But yeah, I'd be a Navy SEAL. But you never th thought about going into the Navy? Yes. So when I was a senior in high school, I almost applied. Like, and then, like, literally got the papers, about to fill them all out, everything. Because they had a recruiter that always came to our school every day. And it wasn't until I asked him, like, so how am I going to get my hair braided? He's like, you got to cut your hair. I was like, oh, out of this one. This ain't for me. Uh, this ain't happening. Like, if they would have never told me how to cut my hair, I may have been a Navy SEAL. But I never thought about, like, how are you going to get your hair braided all the time? So that's what made me not do it. Like, that on top of cooking. But I was so interested because if you may not notice, but the Navy has an immaculate culinary program. Oh, like, you cook for five-star generals. They have a very great culinary program so i was going to go there and do the culinary program and i was like when i'm done with that i want to be a navy seal at least for some time in my life but you couldn't part with your braids no the hair god knew just for him to say that <laughs> wait so have you had braids your whole life i know i'm like i'm totally I'm braids like since i was my in the thing. seventh grade since i was in the seventh grade so you've had braids since you were in the seventh grade and that kept you from being a navy seal Yep, because I'm like, I'm not. I've cut my hair, it's like three times I cut it, and I grew right back every time. I cannot. My mom would make me cut it for stuff. I was like, I hate my hair cut. But in the next couple of years, I will cut it off, though. In the next couple of years, I'm pretty much for sure I'll be cutting it off. I'm going to go bald. Why? All the way bald. Because I've had a, a deal, a deal that I got to keep my part of it with, with God. I said, when I get to this point in my life, I'll cut my hair off. Um, and it's getting closer. We ain't there yet. It oh could be gosh. a year, but I imagine too. Was this a deal where you're like, if you allow me this or if you provide yes. this? Yes. If I get to this place, when we get to this place, I'll cut all of my hair off. And why do you think why do you think God wants you to cut your hair off? 
I don't think he does, but I think that it was me showing that he knows how important my hair is for me. Oh, how much I love it. I'm like, it's like my sacrifice. Like my hair is my everything. I've had hair most of my life. I showed a baby picture, Afro this large. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I've always loved hair. Like everybody knows, no one's ever seen me without hair. Really. Oh my so, gosh. That is too funny. Um, okay. I totally, um, I went off my quick fire five. It's not that quick. Clearly I'm like asking follow up questions. Um, okay. So if you weren't a chef, you'd be a Navy seal. And then four favorite cocktail, wine, drink, beverage, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Favorite cocktail. Oh, my favorite non-alcoholic. Uh, I love Snapple apple. I drink like three a day if I could. Uh, so Snapple apple, but my favorite alcoholic would probably be, um, like a good strawberry margarita. Mm. I, I don't I don't drink for the alcohol as much as I do for the sweetness. Uh I like sweet drinks. None strong. I'll give you none strong, okay? <laughs> um, okay. And then I know the answer to this, and anyone who's watching this episode will know the answer. But um, do you have tattoos and how many? Uh many tattoos. Uh I don't know. I never counted them. It's a lot. If I counted each of them, I don't know, it'd be like 20. Um because one arm has so much fruit and vegetables on it that uh, who knows what's in that one. But yeah, I got a lot of tattoos. I'm not getting no more, I don't think. I thought about getting my whole stomach to chest tattooed like last week, oh but then it gosh. went away. Last week. Yes, it went away real fast. Oh my gosh, heavens. Um, that is incredible. Well, Darnell, I adore you. Thank you so much for coming on. I think your story is fascinating. You've overcome a lot you seem to be obviously very resilient and i'm excited to be a bystander to your journey well a producer to the journey <laughs> <laughs> i made you no i'm kidding <laughs> yes 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 peace out i think he's right and that this is just the beginning Graham. thank you for tuning in to my chat with super chef darnell ferguson you can follow Darnell across socials at superchef underscore 23 to keep up with what's on the horizon for him. Thank you for listening to Table 5. If you like what you are hearing, please make sure to rate and review us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Leaving a written review is huge, so I really appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And I know you can't on Spotify, but make sure you are following, subscribed, and leave us a, a rating. And don't forget, you can keep up with Table 5 across social media at Table 5 Pod. Thanks, y'all.